enlighten, encourage, and activate your mind. Welcome to The Effects. Welcome to Theo Thinks. I'm your host, Theo Smith. One very hot topic that has been in the news a great deal has been critical race theory. Politicians have polarized the topic, and the media has done a very lousy job of explaining exactly what it is. And the misinformation swirling around about critical race theory, or CRT, prevents people from having an informed understanding of what it is and making an assessment based on factual information. CRT is grounded in critical theory and draws from thinkers such as Antonio Gramish, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass, and W.E.B. Du Bois as well as the Black Power, Chicano, and Radical Feminist movements from the 1960s and 70s. Critical race theory grew from critical legal studies, which argued that the law was not objective or apolitical. CLS was a significant departure from earlier conceptions of the law, as objective, neutral, principled, and dissociated from social or political considerations. Like proponents of CLS, critical race theorists recognized that the law could be complicit in maintaining an unjust social order. Where critical race theorists departed from CLS was in the recognition of how race and racial inequality were reproduced through the law. According to the American Bar Association, critical race theory has four key points. Point number one, recognition that race is not biologically real, but is socially constructed and socially significant. It recognizes that science, as demonstrated in the Human Genome Project, refutes the idea of biological racial differences. According to scholars Ricardo, excuse me, Richard Delgado and Jean Stephanique, race is the product of social thought and is not connected to biological reality. Point number two. Acknowledgement that racism is a normal feature of society and is embedded within systems and institutions like the legal system that replicate racial inequality. This dismisses the idea that racist incidents are aberrations, but instead are manifestations of structural and systemic racism. Point number three. Rejection of popular understandings about racism, such as arguments that confine racism to just being a few bad apples. CRT recognizes that racism is codified in law, embedded in structures, and woven into public policy. CRT rejects claims of meritocracy or 
quote-unquote colorblindness. CRT recognizes that it is the systemic nature of racism that bears primary responsibility for reproducing racial inequality. And the fourth and final point, recognition of the relevance of people's everyday lives to scholarship. This includes embracing the lived experiences of people of color, including those preserved through storytelling and rejecting deficit-informed research that excludes, excludes the um, epistemologies of people of color. While critical race theorists do not all share the same beliefs, the basic tenets of CRT include that racism and contrastive racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudices on the part of individuals. CRT scholars also view race and white supremacy as an intersectional social construction which serves to uphold the interests of white people against those of marginalized communities at large. In the field of legal studies, CRT emphasizes that merely making laws colorblind on paper may not be enough to make the application of the laws equitable, thereby allowing colorblind laws can be, uh, excuse me, to be applied in racially discriminatory ways. A key CRT concept is intersectionality, which emphasizes that race can intersect with other identities, such as gender and class, to produce complex combinations of power and disadvantage. The events of the last decade have increased public awareness about things like housing segregation, the impacts of criminal justice policy in the 1990s, and the legacy of enslavement and American apartheid inflicted on black Americans. But there is much less consensus on what the government's role should be in repairing these past injustices. For example, in the 1930s, Government officials literally drew lines around areas deemed poor financial risks, often explicitly due to the racial composition of the inhabitants. Banks subsequently refused to offer mortgages, mortgages to black people in those areas, and this became known as redlining. Today, those same patterns of discrimination live on through facially race-blind policies like single-family zoning that prevents the building of affordable housing in advantaged majority white neighborhoods and thereby blocking racial desegregation efforts. CRT has ties to other intellectual currents, including the work of sociologists and literary theorists who studied links between political power, social organization, and language. And its ideas have since informed other fields like the humanities, social sciences, and teacher education. This academic understanding of critical race theory differs from representation in recent popular books and especially from its portrayal by critics, often though not exclusively conservative Republicans. Critics charge that the theory leads to negative dynamics 
such as a focus on group identity over universal shared traits. And it, it divides people into oppressed and oppressor groups and urges intolerance. There is a good deal of confusion over what CRT is, as well as its relationship to other terms like anti-racism and social justice. Terms with which it is often associated, if not outright confused. To an extent, the term critical race theory is now cited as the basis of all diversity and inclusion efforts, regardless of how much it's actually associated with such programs. The Heritage Foundation, a conservative political organization, recently attributed a whole host of issues to CRT, including the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, LGBTQ clubs and schools, diversity training in federal agencies and organizations, California's recent ethnic studies model curriculum, the free speech debate on college campuses, and the Promise program in Broward County, Florida, that some parents blamed for the Parkland school shootings. The Heritage Foundation has stated, and I quote, when followed to its logical conclusion, CRT is distinctive and rejects the fundamental ideas on which our constitutional republic is based. And those, that, of course, is a concept that is not true. And CRT theorizes that racism is part of everyday life. So people, white or non-white, who don't intend to be racist can inadvertently make choices that fuel racism. A theory that is not levied at any one race or classification in particular. Some critics of CRT claim that the theory advocates discriminating against white people in order to achieve equity, which in and of itself <laughs> would be a concept that is counterproductive to achieving equity. Um, these critics mainly aim those accusations at theorists who advocate for policies that explicitly take race into account. Uh, the writer Ibrahim X. Uh, Kendi, whose recent popular book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, suggests that discrimination that creates equity can be considered anti-racist. Um, and this is often cited. However, <clears throat> excuse me, fundamentally, the disagreement springs from different concepts of racism. To address this in a more rounded manner, CRT puts an emphasis on outcomes, not merely on individuals' own beliefs, and it calls on these outcomes to be examined and remedied. Among lawyers, teachers, policymakers, and the general public, there are many disagreements about how precisely to do these things, and to what extent race should be explicitly appealed to or referred to in the process. A helpful illustration to consider when trying to understand the complexity of this idea can be found in a 2007 U.S. Supreme Court school assignment case on whether race could be a factor in maintaining diversity in K-12 schools. Chief Justice John Roberts' opinion famously concluded 
and I quote, the way to stop discrimination on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. During oral arguments, then-Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg commented, and I quote, it's very hard for me to see how you can have a racial objective but a non-racial means to get there. Typically, we can all agree that racism and discrimination are ills of society, but addressing them in such a manner that isn't itself racist or discriminatory is very difficult to navigate. Scholars who study critical race theory in education look at how policies and practices in K-12 education contribute to persistent racial inequalities in education and and advocate for ways to change them. Among the topics that they've studied, racially segregated schools, the underfunding of majority black and Latino school districts, disproportionate disciplining of black students, barriers to gifted programs and selective admission, and curricula that reinforce racist ideas. Critical race theory is not a synonym for culturally relevant teaching, which emerged in the 1990s. This teaching approach seeks to affirm students' ethnic and racial backgrounds and is intellectually rigorous. But it's related in that one of its aims is to help students identify and critique the causes of social inequality in their own lives. An emerging subtext among some critics is that curricular excellence can't coexist alongside culturally responsive teaching or anti-racist work. Their argument goes that efforts to change grading practices to make the curriculum less Eurocentric will ultimately harm black students or hold them to a less high standard, a notion that in and of itself reeks of uh, Eurocentric bias. As with CRT in general, its popular representation in schools has been far less nuanced. A recent poll by the advocacy group Parents Defending Education claimed some schools were teaching that white people are inherently privileged, while black and other people of color are inherently oppressed and victimized. Um, that achieving racial justice and equality between racial groups requires discriminating against people based on their whiteness, and that the United States was founded on racism. Thus, much of the current debate appears to spring not from the academic texts, but from fear among critics that students, especially white students, will be exposed to supposedly damaging or self-demoralizing ideas when in fact all they will be exposed to is true history and a more rounded way of thinking. And these demoralizing ideas that critics point to, this is not what CRT is intended to do. CRT is simply a means for understanding the origins and current implications of racism and preferential bias in today's institutions and cultural norms. 
Conservative lawmakers and activists have weaponized the term critical race theory as a catch-all phrase for nearly an examination of systemic racism. According to the Washington Post, in September 2020, after seeing a piece on Fox News in which conservative activist Christopher Rufo denounced CRT, former President Donald Trump issued an executive order directing agencies of the United States government to cancel funding for programs that mention white privilege or critical race theory on the basis that it constituted divisive un-American propaganda and that it was racist. Rufo's use of the term propelled the controversy into the mainstream. And he wrote on Twitter, the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. In a speech on September 17, 2020, Trump denounced critical race theory and announced the formation of the 1776 Commission to promote patriotic education. The 1776 Commission was co-chaired by retired political science professor Carol Swain, who wrote a New York Times editorial criticizing Lanny Gunnier during her 1993 nomination process. On January 20th, 2021, President Joe Biden rescinded Trump's order and dissolved the 1776 Commission. Critical race theory was subsequently adopted as a major theme by several conservative think tanks and pressure groups, including the Heritage Foundation, the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and the American Legislative Exchange Council. In early 2021, bills were introduced in a number of Republican-controlled state legislatures to restrict teaching about racism in public schools. Several of these bills specifically mention critical race theory or single out New York Times 1619 project. In mid-April 2021, a bill was introduced in the Idaho legislature that would effectively ban any educational entity, including school districts, public charter schools, and public institutions of higher education in the state from teaching or advocating sectarianism, as they called it, including critical race theory or other programs involving social justice. On May 4, 2021, The bill was signed into law by Governor Brad Little. On June 10th, the Florida State Board of Education unanimously voted to ban public schools from teaching critical race theory at the urging of Governor Ron DeSantis. As of June, eight U.S. states um, have enacted laws banning the teaching of critical race theory, and nine others were in the process of doing so, including Iowa, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Initially, before doing research on this topic, I was concerned that the intention of CRT was to to victimize the American minority experience and villainize white people. That was a concern that I had personally, um, because there's no good benefit in, in any of that. However, that's not what I learned from my research. CRT places emphasis on historical accuracy and promotes cultural diversity through compassion. 
And it's important to note that critical race theory didn't originate in the education system. It originated through legal scholarship. Um, individuals trying to understand and have a better perspective of the implications of racism on laws and subsequently legal institutions. I think the way um, that we teach history is long overdue for a refresh, but I think that we need to exercise care in how we develop new approaches to correcting our educational curriculum. Propaganda has no place in the classroom, whether it's to instill patriotism or propagate a victim mentality. The only way to, pro to progress beyond the past evils that presently reverberate through our society is to teach history and government in a way that leans heavily into truth so that our children can be better equipped to make society better for everyone. And that's the key point to remember for everyone because that's, that's what equality is. And that is absolutely something that we should be striving for to make laws and institutions equitable for everyone. So please, good buddy, take care of yourself so that you can take care of someone else. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please feel free to subscribe and share my podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at TheoSoChill and Instagram at Theo underscore thanks. Also, feel free to email me your comments or ideas for future subjects that I could talk about on this podcast at TheoThanks301 at gmail.com. Take care.